what a what a story solo what an experience what a life you think oh, so yeah. i don't think so i know so even yeah. i can see the same as everyone yeah. see in the comment section that people are pretty impressed by that mm. by the journey <laughs> so okay where we've left this off you are killing it in this sales job or you're learning a lot about sales but your fiance you've gotten engaged and then your fiance decides she's coming back to kenya and that's what made you decide to come back home just first of all explain that whole story the coming home uh, well because you knew that was a one-way ticket yes you. i mean it was pretty simple by that point because i mean i had proposed to my long-time girlfriend at the time and uh you know the place she was working someone from hr screwed up with her uh, visa renewal ah. and i think they would have overshot her two-week grace period or something by some days and she didn't want to be in that country for an, a second as an illegal so she literally just packed up her bags and uh told them thank you for the opportunity i'm going back home hold on let me understand this it's not that she wouldn't have gotten the visa but no. she would have gotten the visa just two weeks later it would have been past her her current one that was expiring and you usually the way they arrange it you apply before it expires so that by the time this one's expiring it's they have renewed and it's current you stay current yeah and they they overshot someone in hr screwed up and didn't send her renewal application in time because you know the employer sponsors the yes, visa yeah yeah so but it's not that the employer decided we are not sponsoring no, it no, it was they, just a they, were, they, they were loved her yeah she well performing uh, employee she had you know set some roots with some of the friends and colleagues she still does freelance works with some uh, with some of them today mm. uh, i mean yeah she she was set uh I didn't understand why she I figured she was just tired of being in the US and ah. wanted to come home. Mm. But uh, she capitalized on that opportunity to just come back home. So she bounced in August. And and for you had coming back home been on the option on the table. Um yes, I just didn't know how or what that would look like because I was still an illegal immigrant. Mm. Uh, I knew if I if I was going to go back I would have to reapply for a visa having violated my student visa. I wasn't so certain that they would uh, grant me another visa. And 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 that indeed was true because when you violate those visa terms, they penalize you. Mm. So the I think there's certain stipulated periods of time that you can't they don't allow you to to even apply. Yeah. They reject your application and tell you you have to wait x number of years before you can apply again okay so let's talk about you coming back home so she comes back home yeah so she comes back home in august of 2009 and, and you're like that dream that dream man <laughs> yeah i mean we were still engaged and whatever we're talking about how what that would look like would she come back she was open to coming back but i, I could tell her heart was not set on coming back mm. uh and you know she lands back home i think within 4 days she got hired <laughs> by, by another company yeah. uh fadi and the team at arc yeah moav was part of it yeah moav has been on cta by the way 
amazing photographer yeah so Moav, Moav so she gets opportunity to work at ark yeah in fact it's Moav who received her cv through my sisters i think because they were in a church bible study group together mm. uh my sisters and Moav, and uh they shared aika cv and they called her in for an interview loved her had her pap yep uh as it turned out scad was was well known to them ah, so there was like anybody creatives. from scad <laughs> yes they were all too happy to uh to to add this new person to the team so i mean she settled immediately and her parents were here her siblings were here so why not so after about three months i was like man if i'm serious about closing the deal with this chick i need to go back home because he ain't coming back <laughs> and um so I, I i simply made the decision to to come back home so i, I bought my one-way ticket Ooh. i told my boss i was leaving to come back home which they were happy about because they knew i hadn't been home for 10 years mm. um sold uh, everything i couldn't pack into a suitcase and uh and i bounced december 3rd 2009 i landed back in nairobi after 10 years oh my god okay so look, uh, yeah. let's take this slowly for the for the diasporans to understand this uh-huh. so how did that feel first and foremost you're not coming back with papers you're not coming you're, you're coming drop out it's, yeah. it's a one way you know i can't reapply really to leave to go back the kenya that i left has suddenly changed like just ex- just explain to me so i had no idea what kenya was like i mean 10 years when i left moyo was president you were not an adult in this country i More was oh you were 19 oh you were 19 yeah but you know president moyo was still in power kanu days i mean that's a very different kenya from the one i found <laughs> uh it was it was bittersweet i i enjoyed every despite the hardships i enjoyed and was grateful for every moment i spent in the states uh it's a beautiful country it has its faults and problems yes but by and large it's it's an amazing place to be mm. uh to learn to build careers to uh, the hope it offers at the very least mm. uh is compelling you know what i mean the promise of america is very compelling and and it and it's based on hard work it is i mean i was fortunate to meet uh, a few people during that time who were living the american dream uh, did you meet any kenyans in texas who in texas i can't say i did again i didn't interact very much with kenyans uh-huh. outside of the few church functions i went to Interestingly, Texas uh, Houston at the time I think had four Kikuyu churches. Mm. They would preach in Kikuyu, praise and worship in Kikuyu. I was baffled, man. I was like, "What? <laughs> There's that many <laughs> that many Kenyans in one place." And even Kikuyus for you to even uh, look out okay. at the Kikuyu. So uh, the Kikuyu thing didn't surprise me because you know, Kikuyus are everywhere. I think Kikuyus are blessed with with, with an adventurous streak. uh of some sort in their hearts mm. they can go anywhere and settle and make something of their lives mm. uh i i i i envy i envy that uh in in many respects there's something special about that so i wasn't i wasn't any 
I was no longer surprised mm. that there were Kikuis mostly. Uh, what surprised me was to what extent they had organized themselves by tribe. Mm. I mean, having a full service in Kikuyu automatically prevents a Luya, a Kisi, uh, a Digo, mm. a Maasai mm. in Houston from coming to the service. Mm. Because how do they, they don't even know what's being said. Yep. Uh, that, that's what shocked me, that they were okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, I can understand that happening back home, especially if you're in rural Kenya. But in the world's melting pot of a country, <laughs> that was counterintuitive, I felt. Mm -hmm. uh, counter to what the promise of America holds. Uh, so I struggled to, uh, to connect with Kenyans who grouped themselves by tribe. I get it. You know, um, uh, on the other hand, we had four Kisi soccer teams <laughs> just, just in Houston. <laughs> we play every Sunday. Uh, so it was interesting uh, to to understand the striation of, of Kenyan communities, ethnicities across America. That's, I've never, I've, as somebody who's lived abroad, I understand the longing for your own people. Absolutely, yeah. But my perception was never from a tribal perspective. I wanted Kenyans. In fact, when you fly out, even class doesn't matter. Right, so it doesn't yeah. matter if a guy is from Shags yep. or if a guy is from Runda. Yeah, yeah. It's we're Kenyans. We were united uh, by that singular factor. Ex exactly. Kenyans, and that's yeah. one of the things that I loved about meeting other Kenyans abroad. But I never at a point ever classed it from a tribe perspective, even a class. Yes, definitely not by class. Uh, I mean, I met people in college who in, in Kenya I would never have crossed paths, paths with because they came from high society and I wasn't. Mm. And there was never any conceivable reason why we would have crossed paths mm. but for being in, in the States and meeting there. And, and, and I'm not saying this is true for all Kenyans. Yeah. There's, there's certain pockets of communities, Kenyan communities in the States, who have become so insular that it baffles, it baffles the mind. Why go there and then become Kiamba? Mm. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Why not be a bit more inclusive? Mm. And maybe they don't think about it in those terms. Maybe they just feel like, Connection. Connection Re with back home. of home. Yeah. They are conserving or preserving, you know, the home culture and norms in the middle of, they have to go to work and work with foreigners mm. according to the foreigners' rules and so on. I get that. I just, for me, it was, personally, it was a shock mm. uh, and not a, not a positive one. You have a mix of both. Yeah. How do you maintain culture at the same time have inclusivity? Yes. Yeah. Where you're learning from other cultures, um, connecting with other inclusivity, people from, yes. yeah, learn from each other. Mm -hmm. It's a lot richer. Um, so you know, yeah, that was my experience of, of Houston more than any other place I'd been. 
I interacted with more Kenyans in Houston than I had in any other state. And of course, there were more Kenyans in Houston and Atlanta than there are in other states. Maybe Boston. Pro, no, yeah, Boston probably. Boston. Probably. I mean, Atlanta has a massive Kenyan population. In fact, we used to jokingly call Atlanta Kiambu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we used to call Maryland uh, Machakos. Mm -hmm. so I'd go to parties and everyone is Koroga in Kikamba. It's like... <laughs> Kamba's only invited sort of situation. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 an interesting thing. I do understand. I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not knocking it uh, in that sense. It just wasn't what I expected for a group of people who've left their home country to look for better opportunities outside. That you would then close out the the rest of your communities mm. that you've traveled to. Mm that blew my head okay. so I, <laughs> I i struggled with connecting ironically 90 percent of my friends uh were kikuis yeah uh still are M most of my friends for some reason are kikuis uh I, I don't think that means anything other than the simple fact that kikuis are the majority mm. uh Largest tribe in Kenya. You like Biashara and they like Biashara. Yes, so we, we have common interests yes. uh, and I learn a lot from them uh, because uh, I do believe in such things as, as communal gifts or, or strengths. Mm. Uh, certain communities are, are better at certain things than others and that's, that's fine. We learn from each other. We need to learn the best of each other mm. and lift each other up as opposed to segregating ourselves by tribe. I think or genuinely that's become a big problem back home. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you step back home. Yeah. Let's talk about the emotions. What's what's running through your mind? Uh coming home. So of course there's the joy of your senior parents. Yeah. Oh my God. I was so excited to see my folks again. I had a niece. She was twelve at the time or five. She was five at the time. I hadn't met her yet. She was born while I was away. Mm -mm -mm -mm. This whole new human being that's a, a new member of the family <laughs> I hadn't met. That was exciting. Kyla is her name. Mm. She's, uh, she's a special human being. Very unique person. Um, she's now 17. Uh, if you can picture that. <laughs> man. 12 years have gone by just like that. I mean, it was bittersweet. I was happy to be home. But I remember sharing with Biko that as we flew in, um, I remember the pilot announcing that they were going to begin descending into Nairobi in a few minutes and advising everyone to, you know, straighten their seats and put away stuff and whatnot. And I looked at the screen and uh you know in front of you which shows shows you virtually where you are on on the planet and i remember uh looking outside as the screen was loading and i could see water it looked like an ocean and i couldn't figure out where okay where would there be an ocean we can't be over lake victoria because it doesn't make sense that we came down and then right and mm. left so what ocean is this? Because I couldn't see the, the end of it. Mm. Uh, and I looked at the screen and we were just flying over Lake Turkana, mm. coming down. And I thought to myself, there's no way we're about to land in Nairobi. Nairobi is far <laughs> from Turkana. 
and sure enough in 30 minutes we were landing at JKIA <laughs> and uh, I remember I remember every noise that was made on that descent it's like my senses were heightened out of the sheer excitement of arriving back home mm. the long lost I'd missed my sisters I'd missed their coming into adulthood I'd missed their campus days mm. they were now working professionals one was married I missed her wedding she got married on my birthday Ooh. on top of that um, it was a huge giant mixed bag of emotions uh, I remember the air hostess hitting on me uh, <laughs> she brazenly on you. <laughs> yeah she brazenly so I asked her for a pen to fill in the immigration form mm. and as I gave it back to her she asked me for my number and I told her I'm sorry I don't have a Kenyan number yet uh, it's my first time home in 10 years so she gave me her number Uh, that was shocking i hadn't experienced uh you're like so much with a conservative forward, i know conservative <laughs> ladies i left were god man these ladies were were aggressive uh in fact it was one of the first things i told my sisters as soon as i landed like can you believe this hostess uh, did this that and the other so i mean it was amazing but the one thing that stuck out to me was the blue skies and the sunshine mm I had missed the African sun in ways I was I was clueless about. Mm. You know those things you take for granted. Mm. There's a different light here. The sunshine here is not the same as it is up there. Mm. Uh the sky is a different blue. Uh the light is a different golden. And there was something familiar about it that just told me welcome home. I just knew I was home. <laughs> Yeah and that was 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 fresh and gone. I didn't have to worry about being asked about my immigration status. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was where I belong. Mm. You know that's such a huge I love what you've said there. I want to just reiterate on it. That whole fact of identity belong like you don't have to you don't feel out of place. in this space i don't have to justify my presence oh that is crazy yeah yeah Stuff you don't have to justify your presence no no one looks at me and wonders where i'm from do i have papers why do you sound like the way you sound yeah oh that's powerful yeah it's a little things man yeah, so i and sometimes you don't even know that you have this feeling that you're carrying this baggage yeah. that you're walking around yeah with. absolutely i mean i literally felt lighter mm. uh i mean i remember thinking i need to go apply for uh a new deal but i'd lost my id so i went to nyayo stadium police station to report or to have get an abstract for mm. replacement of id and no one asked me 20 questions i simply showed copies of my birth certificate they're like Okay sawa uh, come back in four weeks mm. I was like that's it eh kwani ulikuwa unatakaje I was expecting you know interrogation who are you mm. where are you from like none of that justification mm. I was Kenyan I was home 
I, I, have, I have the right to be here. This is my country. My country. You know, you can't say that as an illegal immigrant. Ooh. Even as a legal one. Yep. In fact, it's, it's so not the same. Even, even people who are Americans, for, and, and on this one, I'll push on the black Americans. I've seen black Americans in Kenya. I was, I was giving you an example. And it's not until you talk to somebody who doesn't feel like they belong and they begin telling you so much about how they feel like they belong in a place that is not even per se their home, though it is their home in terms of mm. uh, heritage. Mm-hmm. So that feeling of it just feels good to be in Africa, despite because I mean Africa has its own challenges and madness. But I love the fact that you you began this story by talking about just the emotional, spiritual way that it made you feel. Yeah, it definitely a spiritual feeling uh awareness uh it's it's hard to describe man but i'm sure everyone who's been away for long and comes back home knows exactly what that feels like and um, another thing to be thankful for that uh, i could be back home Mm. i hadn't told my parents i was coming what yeah only my sisters knew and they were sworn to secrecy so I showed up at home and my mom almost collapsed. What? Uh, was making bringing tears to uh, my eyes. Yeah, I was concerned she might die of a stroke <laughs> from the shock. Um, yeah, my dad. I think my dad suspected. Through, uh, you know, rooms were being cleaned. Yeah, things were being cleaned. Uh, people were being collected at weird hours of the morning to go CG collect CG. What? Uh. So I think he suspected it. He didn't act as surprised. Either that or he did very well. Mm. Uh, but it was, it was, I can't describe the feeling. And let's also mention you had changed. So for them seeing you, yeah. you left as a boy. Yeah, I was a boy. I was now, I was now a man. Uh, 32 years old. <sighs> had, had Ika, when Ika came back, did Ika... Had you told your parents were engaged? Had she gone and met your parents? Yes, no, as, as soon as she landed, she... So actually, before she came, I sent her... I sent my parents. When I proposed and she said yes, I, I told my parents. And I sent them to her parents mm. uh, to announce and to ask for their blessing. Um, so by the time she was arriving, both families knew. Uh, that it was impending Ooh. yeah so i i had i had acted diligently <laughs> just to avoid awkwardness yeah uh, when i was back okay so yeah. you come back um how is it to see aika i, I mean after you, you you've explained I mean, about you can imagine yeah it's uh, how would that <laughs> be for anyone i mean i hadn't seen her in three months um i was overjoyed yeah, and you're like, did I that make you feel like, okay, I've made the right decision? I knew I'd made the right decision. Um, uh, even if, it, and I was comfortable knowing that even if it wasn't the right decision, my my reason was right. Mm. And I was okay with having to make adjustments after. I had peace. I had peace about it. I was in perfect peace. That is important. Yeah. That peace, you know, I, I try to, to use it as a guide. Uh, all my life, decisions I make, uh, I try to pursue the peace. Mm-hmm. If I don't have peace, then 
I I make every effort to cancel it. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about re uh, rebuilding or restarting a whole life. Um, I don't want to call it from scratch because I feel like the experience that you had got in states maybe you didn't come back with capital or finance or but I feel like you came back to Kenya having gained so much in terms of exposure, experience, understanding. So now you're literally coming to build from scratch but not from scratch. You get mm, what I'm trying to mm, say? Mm. Just let's now talk about that journey. It was interesting. I was one of pure faith.